Hey, hey, who fans, and welcome to the Big Blue Box Podcast. My name's Gary. I'm Jordan. I'm Ari. And I'm Maria. And welcome to the February Roundtable. Welcome back to another episode of the monthly range. Sound a bit like Big Finish now. The monthly range of the Big Blue Box, where we gather the writing team, get all these guys around a virtual table, so we can chat all things Doctor Who and keep you in the loop on what's going on in the world of Doctor Who, if there is any. We'll come on to that in a second. And also just whatever we want to chat about. That's the beauty of this this kind of show. And we do this in the run-up as well. We have our own uh, very cool Discord server which you guys should join if you're not on it yet. And uh, one of us will say, Oi, what are we doing for the old for the old round table? Whatever you want. Whatever you want to talk about. Keep it loose. Yeah, keep it loose. Keep it fresh, which is all good. And I'm very, very uh, pleased to be joined by uh, some of our writing team. And so as you've heard, so we have Jordan, Harry and Maria, and we're going to be going through just a couple of things that have been on our mind. We were going to talk about some news as we normally do we normally pick out one or two headlines anything that's been going on in the world of doctor who but alas it's very quiet very very quiet and i was doing some research for the weekly episode that my co-host adam and i do on the weekly stuff uh, which we're not doing this week because adam's busy and then i was busy so we didn't have a time to record when it was suitable so i was doing some research for next week i was like okay which which news article shall i put in the bag and we'll talk about those but couldn't find anything couldn't find anything at all the most the the most interesting story i could find wasn't really kind of doctor who content related as such um it was uh the guys over at um uh is it bad wolf studios over in cardiff the guys that produce and make the show they've got a new government contract with the welsh government to carry on making doctor who and some other shows there until 2027 at least and that's a few million quid in the pocket for them. So that's all good. But it's not really, you know, it's not really chat worthy for Doctor Who news, you know. So there we go. Not to put a downer on stuff, though. We've got some cool subjects to talk about. But before we do that, let's see how these guys are doing. Jordan, how are you doing, sir? I, I assume that you're you're still on a bit of a high at the minute. Tell everyone the good news. Yep. So I am off to university. Yay. So, <laughs> um, no, I'm very excited. I'm really looking <laughs> forward to it. I'm really happy. It's sort of like, I'm kind of like, right, that's now the next, the next stage in my life. So, yeah. Cool. Cool. Yeah. We're all happy for no, you, I'm dude. very excited. Um, <laughs> listener, if you're not sure on what's going on with Jordan, he's a, he's, he's a, 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 a wannabe actor. Mm-hmm. And so, yes. And so... <laughs> Uh, in order to pursue his dream, as it were, uh, he's now off to uni to um, to get that sort of hard stamped. So when he finishes, he can apply for roles and be like, I'm an actual actor because I've got this thing. 
so push off yeah. everyone who's not an actual actor <laughs> here we go so um yeah that's awesome dude best of luck uh, it's not till the Thank end you. of the uh until september yeah so we yeah. have a few months to tease him about what he's actually going to be doing <laughs> and some of the fun and stuff to get up at uni so yeah well done dude thank you uh harry harry is on the uh on the episode as well how's harry doing his cheeky face oh. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm all right gary i'm all right i am just <laughs> chugging along uh i've been um going through my uh season one to four and specials blu-ray box set as an update to the last time i was on the podcast i caved in and i i, I double dipped uh double dip for myself <laughs> uh, on the uh Russell T. Davis, uh, RTD1 era, as, oh, yeah. as the yeah. kids are now calling it. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah, and that's been great to go through all of those. It's just, honestly, like, if ever someone's having a bad day or, you know, someone's a bit unsure of the world and all of the stuff kicking off, you can always rely on a bit of comfort, Russell T. Davis, Doctor Who, to kind of, you know, cheer you up uh, and set the day right. Um, Very true. Yeah. Other than that, I've also been reading... Uh, one of the new target novels i've been reading the target well i've finished reading the target novel of wild blue yonder and uh let me tell you it is <coughs> subtly scarier scarier than the tv series because obviously when you're imagining what's happening uh, rather than actually seeing it um it adds a new level of fear to what's already a quite a scary episode so um that's been really mm. fun i'm probably going to end up writing an article about that soon i reckon um and maybe looking to reading more target books and seeing how uh they they differ from the uh from the tv show because a lot of them are quite different um aren't they so um i feel like that'd be mm. quite interesting to have a look into but yeah so yes in answer to your question i'm great gary i'm all right yeah how are you are you okay good yeah i'm i'm great thank you yeah i'm i'm kind of uh it's really weird um when i was ill over christmas and new year that kind of sorted itself out but i feel like i've got some kind of long covid or long symptoms of something or whatever i just feel like every now and then like i take a step backwards so i'm okay for a few days and then i have a couple of days of just feeling like i've got the flu again and then it goes really quick and i'm cool so uh, in terms of just life and everything yep yeah, i'm all good it's all great i just got this little niggly you know little coldy fluey thing that just won't bugger off a hundred percent so mm. uh, there's a lot of that going around nowadays it's really mm. yeah it's, it's really irritated uh you have my sympathy um, oh, that's thank for sure you. Yeah. yeah so uh, i'm good you know we crack on you know we just get on indeed with it, but, indeed uh, we do yeah but no, if you're good. having a bad day just put on that david tennant doctor who like just <laughs> you know put on that high definition upscale better looking than ever doctor who and i'm sure you'll be all right well yeah it's i mean it's it's cool that you mentioned actually because i've also been cracking open that blu-ray set I started watching that um, about a week, a week and a half ago. And uh, I'm up to um, about halfway through season three now. Oh, wow. And uh, yeah, it, it there is a noticeable difference. It's definitely, um, the picture quality is definitely a bit, the, the, the algorithm that they've used to upscale it from the original stuff is, is definitely improved from what we had years ago when they released them on Blu-ray where they just said, right, okay, once it was this resolution now it's that resolution and it just you know expanded it and that's all you got there's a little bit of computation going on there now so it's it's a little bit sharper but it doesn't look like it's been overcooked or anything so it's a definite improvement and i'm really enjoying actually going through a lot of those stories that 
I I've not watched in years. I mean, there's been a few that 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 I watch semi kind of regularly, but the ones that I've not watched in bloody ages, the things like um, uh, Gridlock and um, you know, so it's like some of those lesser known, lesser f- sort of popular ones, if you like, um, that uh, that you don't generally reach for. I've just really enjoyed going through those ones. Um, and also one one that I wasn't mega keen on before, but I actually thought was kind of cool was the uh, was the Martha well, him and uh, Doctor and Martha go back to Shakespeare, you know, and it's got the witches and the Carrionites and and all that stuff. I wasn't mega fond of that one before, um, when I first watched it a couple of times like years ago, and I've not reached for it. But since rewatching that, I thought that's oh, actually that's actually all right. You know, and I've, I've... I think it's a really underrated one, mm. the Shakespeare Code. I really like that one. As a as someone who also uh, studied in the theatre, I'm sure that Jordan also has a uh, appreciation <laughs> for Shakespeare as well. Uh, I wonder if that's also one that you quite like, Jordan. No, I do, yeah, I quite like the Shakespeare Code. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, it was it was cool. I, I, the reason why I wasn't mega fond of it before is because I felt like it was a bit of a missed opportunity. That it could have been a lot scarier and darker with the witches and stuff. But then, you know, re-watching it, it's like, well, that's, it wasn't really meant, you know, that wasn't its purpose. It was to scare people. It was more to just sort of invoke that relationship between Martha getting to know time travel and, you know, how she conducts herself, you know, around people outside of her time and, and all that stuff. So, uh, yeah, but it's a bit of an underrated one. Yeah. Good. And we have Maria... Really should learn the notes to the song, shouldn't we, from West Side Story? So we could all sing it. Yeah, you could. You could all just sing. I just met a girl called Maria. There you go. Um, yeah, how there are you? you go. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it, it's, <laughs> I, I hear that so many times, actually. And, um, yeah, I, I don't get tired of it, to be honest. I think it's... It, it, I'm quite flat as really, to be honest. It's a compliment, um, of course. You know, yeah. it's a compliment. Um, so uh, it's been a while since I've been on the round table. Um, I feel like it's been ages. So, mm. um, you know, I'm really happy to be part of the team tonight. Um, it's been an interesting time. I, I have to be honest, I haven't really watched any new Who or any classic Who. Um, it's been it's been a bit of a weird time because I think I think because we had the specials and then we had the the Christmas episode. I kind of feel like that's kind of sated me for the moment. So I don't have this kind of real urge to kind of go back and kind of watch loads of Doctor Who. Um, I, I don't know how anyone else feels, but it's it's a really weird one because I'm. Before the specials came up, I was kind of going through a lot of classic Who and, um, you know, I was enjoying that journey. But I think since we've had the Christmas special, I'm kind of, I'm looking forward again. So Mm. I'm I'm kind of, I don't really have that itch to kind of go back and look at anything yet. I mean, it, it could be that the new series will you know, draw me back in and I'll want to go back and watch stuff. But I think at the moment I'm kind of enjoying not, not kind of watching it. Um, if that kind of makes sense. 
Um, I did do something slightly Doctor Who related. Um, it wasn't, I, I went to the theatre recently and I did see a play called The Enfield Haunting, which is at the Ambassadors Theatre. And um, it's got um, Catherine Tate um, in it. Um, she um, it, the play itself is based on a true life um, event and um, the Enfield haunting is actually not that where it occurred is not actually that far away from me so you know when I saw the tickets I, I kind of got quite excited and also you know Catherine Tate was in it which was kind of my first consideration I thought I have to go and see Catherine Tate at the theatre because I know you know what a good actress she is so that got me excited and then when when it was the Enfield uh, haunting I thought well I just have to buy tickets for this so um, me and my friend we went recently and um, it is actually um, a really interesting kind of telling um, of the account um, of what happened Um, it's kind of based on um, the thing so Catherine Tate um, plays a single mother um, who's trying to look after her three kids and obviously there's all this kind of poltergeist activity that's kind of happening. So um, it was a really interesting play. You know, there was a few jump scares in it um, and she's also playing opposite um, an actor called David um, Threffall who was in Shameless and um, Funny Woman. Um, so it's, you know, it was a really good play to go and see and um, I found it actually, um, it's 75 minutes, um, so there's no interval. So you're basically kind of um, thrust into the whole thing and you just sit there all the way through it. Um, and I actually really enjoyed it. And it was a lot more satisfying than the play I tried to see a few months ago called Lemons, 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 which was meant to have um, <laughs> Jenna Coleman in it. And when I went that day, she wasn't. She wasn't actually playing, and it, we saw the understudy, and um, that was actually a longer play, um, but and more expensive, and I didn't really enjoy that. But this is actually no. excellent, and I think she's on. Um, this is only actually on um, until the second of March, so I'm not sure if there's any tickets left. But if anyone wants to go and see, you know, a good kind of ghost ghost hunter kind of story um i would recommend it i thought it was good you know sounds like jordan's um, cup of tea that we have a resident ghost hunter in the, <laughs> in the team <laughs> it's because yeah maria messaged me and said oh i'm gonna go see this and i was like i still it's one of the ones i don't know if i believe it or not it's <clears throat> but yeah no i would like to have i would like to go and go and see it but at the same time i don't think i'd want to go ghost hunting there and put it to the test (laughs) it's um i don't think i'd fancy being like oh no no, there's no ghosts here and then you know getting absolutely scared out of the brains (laughs) yeah (laughs) i don't think i'd fancy that that's true Uh, yeah talking very quickly of um of ghost stuff Uh, i think i mentioned to you guys um uh when was it a few months ago if you've not seen danny robbins live yet he does this thing called uncanny which started as a a podcast that he did a couple of years ago or a few years ago and he's taken it on tour it was really popular last year so he's doing it again this year that's a fantastic show to see live and it's not like um it's not like it doesn't throw it in your face like this is what happens in a ghost story and, and basically he divides 
the the storytelling if you like is based on quote unquote true stories but he divides the audience into their sort of natural opinion he's like you know hands up if you're team skeptic hands up if you're team believer and you know and he sort of puts the case forward and you know puts puts forward the 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 case for from the people who experience these things and then he brings out a couple of experts there's a uh, I can't remember their their names, but there was um a woman who was like on team believer, and she said, "Yep, you know these experiences are very whatever." And she expands on that. And then there's another guy who's normally some kind of sort of parapsychologist, and he's team skeptic, and he's like, "Actually, no, we can debunk a lot of these because you know the uh, the rattling of the windows was like the train track that was you know." you know, 50 meters away from the house or, you know, that kind of thing. But the way that it's produced, it's not overly produced. It's not like, it's not trying to be a bigger West end production or anything. It's really cool. So I highly recommend if you don't manage to go and see, uh, this play with, uh, Catherine Tate about the Enfield stuff, go and check out uncanny with Danny Robbins. It's very, very, very good. Um, Maria was Catherine Tate good in the play. Um, yeah, she was actually. I mean, she had to play um, a, I would say, kind of a working class um, mother, and she actually did that really well. I mean, there were there were times when she kind of raised her voice that I kind of thought, oh, that's a little bit Donna. So um, <laughs> yeah, you know, you know what it is. Sometimes with actors, you can see little traits of what they bring to other characters. But yeah, she was actually good. I mean, she had to kind of hold it together obviously with this other actor because it's a very small cast there's probably only about six people in the cast Mm -hmm. so they do kind of hold it together and she was actually really good I mean she's got quite a presence I mean I was up in the I think I think we were in the circle so um obviously I wasn't up close um but you know she does she does kind of hold the stage I think she's actually really good yeah she was actually really good Uh, I mean I would go and see her again and I know you know I know she's done a lot of classical theatre as well so you know if the opportunity came up I would definitely go and see her again she's actually yeah she's actually quite impressive oh cool yeah I mean she's a great um she's a great actor isn't she and just overall anyway um it was just one of those weird things that they sometimes do with doctor who when whenever whenever somebody from a comedic background lands a role they often a lot of fandom assumes that that person's going to be there just for comic relief and he's not going to like they did it with matt lucas a little bit they also did it with um uh who else did we have john bishop john bishop yeah so you it's like well this person's a stand-up comedian or they've done comedy that's what they're best known for and then they come onto the show and it's like actually you know it's like people have a complete 180 on that stuff so yeah it's just fascinating how some people who like people like Catherine say you come from a comedic background go into doctor who and then after that it's kind of like well do they go back into the comedy do they do other stuff so it's fascinating to see them do things like theater and a bit straight. I mean, she did. Um, I mean, to be honest, there are some funny bits in the play. So the funny bits, she does actually, you know, it comes naturally to her. And, you know, she's obviously getting the audience kind of laughing at certain points. But, you know, she's able to switch really well when it gets, you know, more dramatic. So, you know, she does that really well, that kind of switch. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think I think sometimes, I, you know, obviously I don't know other actors that have done that particular play. 
Um, but you know, she does kind of she does kind of do the light and shade really well. So you know, she's serious when she has to be, and then you know, she can obviously play it more for laughs, and she knows her timing. Her you know, her timing is actually really good. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, um, I was really impressed actually. Highly recommended from Maria. Thumbs up. Good. Okie dokie. Let's bring let's bring the topic back round to Doctor Who. But before we dive into those two topics, just want to remind our dear listener to make sure you're following or subscribing to the podcast on whatever podcast app you listen to your podcast on. We put a new episode out every week and you can also listen to our monthly range our monthly round table episodes where we grab where we uh we grab this lot we put them around the table and we chat about doctor who which is very cool so yeah make sure you're following subscribing so don't miss an episode and you can also listen for free over on the website which is bigblueboxpodcast.co.uk and you can also check out all of the reviews and articles and whatnot from this lot uh, the most recent ones being um, a couple of big finish reviews from our Jordan and uh, a huge article, a huge um, editorial from Harry on his classic rewatch going through season three, which is a great read. So you can check all that out as well. And we're on the socials too, Instagram, Twitter and Facebook. Just do a search of the Big Blue Box. You'll find us on there or there are links on the website. And lastly, we have a free Discord server which is very cool. So a link on the website, hop in there and chat Doctor Who with lots of other Doctor Who fans. Right, let's talk about um, something that has been mentioned a couple of times on said Discord server. And that is these guys have not had a chance to really put their thoughts and theories and conspiracy theories um, about... Um, so the episode that went out at Christmas, the the church on Ruby Road, as we all know, there was a scene where it got a bit timey-wimey and at the church, somebody, we don't know who, left Ruby at the door of the church in witness, witnessed by the doctor. And that obviously got tongues wagging on who, first of all, who abandons their baby? Yeah, I mean, you know, there are worse places to abandon a baby, admittedly, than a nice, warm, cosy church, it looked like. But who does that? Who abandons their baby uh, at a church? Now, we didn't get any clues in the episode. Of course, it's one. It's obviously going to be one of those typical Russell T. Davis things that's going to cop it's, it's bound to pop up either at the end of this run or in two seasons' time, in two doctors' time, There'll be something, you know, there'll be a follow-up. But for now, let's find out. Because Adam and I spoke about this. So I think, what did Adam say? Adam said it could have been Mrs. Flood. It could have been, there was also a theory that it was uh, Jodie Whittaker's doctor because some of the clothing looks similar and somebody debunked that with the boots and the trousers and all that stuff. So it really is a mystery. So let's get the the, uh, thoughts from these guys. Harry, let's go to you first. The, the atrocity outside the church. What are your thoughts, dude? <laughs> uh, okay, so this might be a little lame, but <laughs> I don't have any guesses with regards to who I think um, like the person is who left Ruby at the church, but I do feel like I know who it isn't. So, <laughs> Well, it's not a million people who... <laughs> <laughs> in the show, but, yeah. 
I told you it was lame. Um, well, the because the okay. So when I was thinking about, well, it's not Ruby, is it? We can rule Ruby out. Well, that was actually one of them. So, so I've heard a lot of people talking about how um, they think that it, like Ruby, is like her own mother. Um, oh, okay. And yep. I just, uh, uh, yeah. So like Ruby is like leaving herself as a baby, like on the church. I just think that, mm. that can't work. That would be that would be just insane. It's too um, Amy Pondish. I, I feel like it's almost like Amy Amy Pond or like Stephen Moffat's kind of wibbly wobbly, yeah. um, but sort of on on drugs. Like I feel like <laughs> it would be so many steps too far. Uh, I'd be like that doesn't make that doesn't make a lick of sense. Um, and I've also and I have been wrestling with the idea that maybe like it's it's a time lord thing. So maybe her like maybe like she like Ruby's a time lord and she's been left there by a time lord. Uh, and I was thinking, oh yeah, that's got to be it. It's got to be something time lord related. Um, but as I was getting hyper fixated on that, I thought, well, actually, if Ruby was a time lord, then surely she would like have noticed by now that she has two hearts. Unless, of course, you know, as we know, time lords can regenerate um, into different genders and like they can ha- sprout 10 heads. Uh, I think that's something that someone said in the show at some point mm-hmm. uh, so maybe you know it's 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 quite possible that a time lord could regenerate with one heart and ruby thinks she's a human or she's used the chameleon circuit so okay may- maybe it's that one maybe that's my guess it's something time lord related i've really got nothing wow. <laughs> i've got <laughs> well so harry um out of all of the all of the possibilities within the world of doctor who you think it might be Time Lord related? I mean, I, I okay. Just, I would say like the Rani or maybe the Master or like, but like, oh, just, yeah, I don't yeah. know. It might end up being too generic or, but then again, you know, the obvious... ge- not as generic as the Time Lords. <laughs> but I mean, yeah. I mean, dude, I mean, there's a, there was a, a really cool TV show back in the 80s called Knight Rider. Hmm. So if I asked you what, you know, what was the, the key thing from that show? What was the thing? You wouldn't say a car. No? I'd, I'd say I'd say people that ride at night. People, sure. Okay, right. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, the the master seems a little bit too obvious. But then again, like, the seems, thing is, like mm. I didn't think I was convinced that the Missy, uh, that Missy wasn't the master in series eight because I thought that was too obvious. But it ended oh, okay. up being the case. So maybe it is like one of those things. Because, I mean, I- I'm pretty sure that Jinx Monsoon is playing the Rani um, or some other like evil Time Lord. So I-, I-, I reckon it might end up being Jinx Monsoon's character, whoever that ends up being. Uh, but hmm. yeah, other than that, I've really got nothing, Gary. I'm sorry to break it to you. <laughs> okay maybe maybe we need i need more clues i need uh, a few episodes of season one uh and um i i need some something to go on at the minute i yeah i kind of don't i don't know i don't feel like i've got enough clues well that's fair enough dude that's fair enough um so groundbreaking uh we think it's time lord activity okay that's what i'm here for folks groundbreaking input no worries. Let's see if Maria has any theories that could top uh, the the Time Lord thing. Maria. <laughs> okay, so I've I've got a transcript of what the Doctor actually says because I think the clue is in what the Doctor says. So, mm. so it says, 
um, on Christmas Eve, a stranger came to the church on Ruby Road. She carried in her arms the most precious gift of all a newborn child. And then it just says, um, just before midnight, she left her daughter on the steps of the church. As for the, uh, and then it goes on, and then it says, for the mother, as for the mother, she was never seen again. So no one ever knew her name until that night a time traveler came to call. So I think, I think the clue is there. Is um, I think you're right, Gary. I think they will definitely come back to this because my thought was when I first watched the episode, because obviously the priest comes out and, and sees the baby but and takes the baby in. And I just thought to myself, I thought, how, how did that priest know that the baby was there? Unless somebody's obviously, you know, told him the baby's there um, and to take it in. Because, you know, there's a lot of coincidences that happen. You know, the baby gets left there. The baby gets taken in, obviously adopted by, um, oh, God, what's the name of the lady that adopts them? It's not Cherry. It's, um, what's the name of her mum? I can't remember. I can't remember the name of her mum at the moment. Um, but I, I, yeah, I was kind of wondering about this because um, I thought, you know, has RTD been taking lessons from Stephen Moffat and is it going to be something really timey-wimey or is it actually going to be Ruby's mother? Carla, um, Carla you know, which is, we, Carla, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, not as in, so... Obviously, Carla is the one that's brought Ruby up, but could it actually be as simple as it is Ruby's mother, whoever that is? Because um, I think, it, I mean, it could be somebody that maybe isn't from Earth because if there wasn't any record of the mother in a, anywhere, then it could be could be an alien, I suppose, um, which would make it a bit... I suppose, timey-wimey, um, you know, so I, I'm not sure. I mean, I'm torn because I'm thinking, would RTD really go down the, the route and kind of make all, you know, the mum is from, uh, isn't from Earth. So, you know, it might be a character that we haven't met, you know, it, um, as Harry was saying, it could be a character that we don't know about yet. But I think this, I think they're definitely going to come back to that. And I am wondering if the doctor actually knows who, who it is, because I get a sense that if he didn't go after the mother at the time, maybe he knows who it is. But you know, there's a bigger story to be told around this. So it is a bit of a mystery. Um, You know, I could say it's really simple and it is actually Ruby's mum and it's very straightforward. You know, she's obviously had issues and left the baby there. Um, But my question would be is how did the priest know that the baby was there as well? Um, You know, there's lots of lots of questions around it. Yeah, and I think that goes back to what you were saying about there being a couple of coincidences there. And do you do you just put those down to timing? Because it could it could have just been a case of the priest was heading out of the church at that point. You know, um, there there might not have been any any anything or anyone that said you might want to open the door. There's a there's a nice package for you on the doorstep. You know, you might- yeah, but the baby was left <laughs> late at night, Gary. I mean, who opens the door? You know, that time of night. I mean, if it was daytime, I would get it. But when is Christmas? Uh, when is it? I think Christmas Eve. Mm. <laughs> so, midnight mass, um, midnight service. Exactly. That, that's that's why. Could be. It could, could just be, be timing. Yeah. There you go. 
Could be timing. But I, I think I think the doctor does know who it is. I, I just get a sense from the way he kind of looked at the character, mm-hmm. you know, receding in the distance. He, I think he kind of knows who it is. I mean, would would your would not your natural instinct be to go and find that person? Um, I mean, I don't know whether it would obviously, you know, break any rules, but they've still left the baby outside the church, you know. Um, I don't know. It's a real mystery, and I, I, I just hope that whatever it is, it's a satisfying conclusion and everything ties up because I'm, I'm sure ITD will kind of put it all in a pretty little bow, as he does with most of his stories. You know, he, he kind of works through things quite logically. So I'm hoping that the conclusion will be, whatever it is, will kind of be satisfying in the end. But I think we're going to obviously have to wait, um, you know, at least until the second series, uh, sorry, second season to to find out, I suppose. So, um, yeah, I, I reckon it could be Ruby's mum and maybe she's not, She's obviously not from Earth, maybe, but hmm. that would that would be that would be my my guess. I don't know. Okay, so so far we have a Time Lord and we have Ruby's mum, who may or may not be from Earth. Okay, right, uh, Jordan, are you with us and can hear us, etc.? Jordan had to drop out for a second. Is he here? Is he uh, like the proverbial uh, trying to keep it Doctor Who themed like the proverbial weeping angel (laughs) Jordan is not activated because we're looking at his panel on the screen where he should be maybe if we all turn away He'll, uh, he'll appear. It happens every time. Always one of us kind of disappears into the ether. So yeah. Okay. So yeah. Um, another thing that might accelerate this then to us getting some sort of conclusion would be we know that Millie Gibson was uh, was uh, have to choose the words carefully here, don't we? Not- she was sacked. She was sacked. You know, come on, oh. Gary. Let's be honest about it. She was sacked. <laughs> Well, I don't know. I'm stirring. I'm stirring. Yeah. I mean, uh, I was going to say fired, but, you know, you said set. Okay. Uh, I don't know. Anyway. Perhaps she was she was always planned to be a season and a bit yes, companion. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, she, is, she, was, she was written out of the show not too far into this new era. So, um we can assume then that if they want to reveal who it was that dropped Ruby off at the church while Ruby is still in the show as a character, we might not have that long to wait. I mean, it could be, uh, it could be a finale story to one of the seasons. It could be a departure story mid season for, for Millie Gibson and her departure. It could be a couple of those things, but, um, you know, I mentioned earlier that it's, it could be one of those things where Russell sort of reveals this, you know, X amount of years or, or seasons down the road. But, you know, in hindsight, we might actually get this a little bit sooner than expected. So, um, okay. So I would say that it's probably going to be a little bit of an anticlimax, I would say. I think if if 
you know, if you're if you're banking on it being like this law-breaking uh, revelation uh, within Doctor Who, then I think that might be a bit um, a little bit of a stretch. I think there are more bigger fish to fry, so to speak. And I, I only say that based purely on the knowledge that we have that Millie Gibson's just not going to be in the show that long, really. So I think it's going to be a a little bit of a oh, it it was that okay. Oh, it was that time, Lord Harry. Oh, yeah. Cool. That'll- I do wonder, actually, at um, RTD's decision to actually create this mystery around Ruby. Um, you know, because he doesn't he doesn't normally do that with his companions, does he? he? I don't think he's really done it. I mean, I think the only one... I'm just trying to think if he did it with any of the others. He didn't really, because Rose was kind of... There was no mystery around Rose when he kind of introduced her... Or Martha, really, thinking about it. Um, do you mean come up with some big big mystery around yeah. the character? Well, certainly not Rose yeah, and I- certainly not Martha. You're right on those two. It wasn't until it wasn't until the end of Rose's run where we got into the whole, you know, multi-dimensional um multi-universe things, you know, with the the second doctor. So certainly from 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 the off those two companions were very uh, i don't want to say normal normal's not the word but you know like just your, your average run-of-the-mill human that the doctor just happened to uh to interact with whereas ruby is a bit of a mystery for sure yeah, yeah. so he's i think he has obviously kind of you know he's obviously changing his style up so you know it'll be interesting to see how it all plays out really yeah for sure uh, Jordan, can you can you hear us? Are you able to communicate across yeah, time and space? I can hear you and I can see you. I don't know whether or not you can. Uh, we can, yes, yes. Right, so we'd love to get your thoughts, buddy, okay. on who abandoned <laughs> Ruby. I'm going to try and be really quick because I'm worried that the Wi-Fi is going to cut out again. <laughs> um, at first, I thought it was probably Ruby in the future, but... Didn't Rose touch baby Rose, picked her up and held her, and then the whole universe fell apart? So I'm kind of then thinking (laughs) maybe it's not. I think it's like Mrs. Flood. Miss Flood is going to be like the Rani or somebody like that, um, or, I don't know, Omega or Morbius or or like a Time Lord that we haven't met. Harry's Harry's doing cartwheels right now. Mm. Cause he, it's going to be a time lord. I'm telling you. I'm telling is you. that what you said? <laughs> yeah. I, I, I said. I said, Jordan, it's going to be a time lord, just not a specific time lord, just any time. Lord. Harry's Harry's theory was that no, I, it's the time lords. <laughs> I'm bang, I'm going to be bang on the money with it. I'm telling you. See me. See Mrs. Flood. I kind of. They're all. I kind of thought when she came up because um wasn't Anita Dobson in that dimensions in time or wasn't the. Or wasn't it? Oh no, they were in the the Queen Vic. So I'm just wondering whether all of that stuff about haven't you seen a TARDIS before was kind of going back to that and kind of you know because obviously there was a crossover between EastEnders and um, Doctor Who at one point in the 80s. Uh, mm. That that's what kind of sprung into my mind. I mean, you know, maybe I'm not suspicious enough, but. Um, yeah, that was my thought, really. I don't know who Mrs. Flood is. I mean, she you think she's a Time Lord. 
Jordan thinks she could be the Rani. Yep. The Rani, yeah. Mm. Well, it, it's about time that they probably brought her back. Yeah. She must have regenerated a few times by now. Potentially, yeah. But Harry, you know, this is something that Harry and I were saying earlier, was that are those things just too obvious? You know? Is it too... I mean, who really knows about the Rani aside from really, you know, dedicated Doctor Who fans? I mean, she was only in a couple of um, serials, to be fair. I mean, not everybody would kind of maybe know the character. I mean, people obviously knew Kate O'Mara because she was quite, Mm. she had quite a high profile at that time, I think. You know, she was quite a, um, you know, probably a, a catch for the show. But, I mean, who who really would remember the Rani? I mean, it's probably a little bit, it's probably a little bit um, off off the scale, really, for the for you know people that are not fans to kind of be invested in a character. I, yeah, I, I, I mean, yeah. I suppose. I've se- I mean, I've seen um, theories that it could uh, that Mrs. Flood could be Susan, um, which would be from a character's point of view would be interesting, I suppose, but, um, yeah, not Susan. Yeah. Somehow back on, back on earth, but that's a bit of a stretch as well. That's a stretch, that one. Yeah. I've got to be honest. I'd, I'd find that slightly disappointing because I feel like when I imagine the, the, like the doctor and Susan reuniting, it would be a hell of a lot different than Susan sort of being, undercover almost as someone like mrs flood and then kind of not uh, really acknowledging her grandfather in any way um so i kind of hope that isn't the case uh but um and also it's um, not possible is it no and also because caroline ford is still very much with us and it's more exactly. than capable of yeah. of, of yeah. acting still it would be really weird to have somebody of a similar age play do you know what I mean? It would just be strange for, for that to be Susan, knowing that the person who played Susan is not... Play- I don't know. I think that's a bit thin, that theory. Um, yeah, I mean, the reason I say it's obvious is because... I mean, you're right, Maria. In terms of um, Rani as, as a character from classic Doctor Who, she was only in it, admittedly, for a, for a little bit. So unless, you've, unless you're aware of the character, um, you, you're probably not you'd probably be quite surprised anyway but i don't know i just feel like russell t davis doesn't really uh doesn't i don't know we could be wrong this is a new russell of course that we're we're dealing with now i don't know it just doesn't seem like his the way that he'd normally write things in that way it it, it feels more like I, I feel like russell's way of writing is an opportunist um you know, I, I feel like he would use this as a good opportunity to give us a new character and something new that could be used. Because you have to think about this from as as a showrunner and lead writer on a TV show, you have to kind of have a little bit of foresight into what's going to happen with the show in a year, five, ten, twenty years. So instead of just rehashing old characters, you have to think about a character that or something that you could introduce that could be used in books and big finish plays and link into other things in the future. 
Do you know what I mean by that? So I think it would just be a bit reductive to just be like, oh yeah, it's a character that you've here's da da here's the Rani that you know and love from classic Doctor Who. Those of you that don't know the Rani, you're about to experience it. You know that just I don't know. It doesn't feel to me like Russell's mo. I could be completely wrong. It could be. It could be one of the Time Lords, Harry. It could be the Rani. It could be Ruby. Who knows? I don't know. I've just had. I've just had a thought. I, it's it's um, it's chameleon. Chameleon. Mark II, the planet. Zep- Is it Zephyrus? I can't remember yeah. where chameleon comes from. <laughs> That's chameleon. what it could be. It could be a a shape <laughs> a shape shifting android. Jesus. Do you know what though? I wouldn't hate. Maria's <laughs> like, I wouldn't hate um, Omega. I've got to be honest. I know. With I know, I've just that's going to completely undo what I've just said. But I wouldn't hate that if it was Omega. You know, I think that's someone who female uh, Omega. Actually, yeah, that's not a bad shout. I feel like old old uh, old Megs has got some some life that could yeah. Old Megs. Old Megs, old Omegs. Yeah. Or it could be the master. Who knows? Although, do you know what? I think we're done with like... Sorry, Jordan. I think Jordan was going to was gonna hop in there. Wi-Fi That's right. I was just going to say, you'll get all the, um, the, the people really upset if you say that Omega's going to be a woman. Oh. Uh, <laughs> they might all get a little bit upset. This is true. But then again... The rules, are, you know, the gloves are off, so to speak, in Doctor Who these days. So, yeah. you know, the gloves are certainly <laughs> off. If it is Omega, I just I just love that you've called them Omegs because that's going to be my new name for them. <laughs> I just love that. Omegs. That's brilliant. Yeah. Omegs. Because uh, that's something, uh, uh, coincidentally, I feel like that's something that Shooty's Doctor would say. I feel like he's got that kind of, you know, down with the kids, modern, let's take the mick a little bit out of someone's name vibe now and then could just be me i don't know um do you guys miss the days of um having something very obvious though in doctor who i know we're talking very much about um kind of convoluted theories and could be characters from across different universes or old characters coming back whatever but there is something quite uh purist and quite uh comforting about just having an expected character that just pops in i know i'm playing devil's advocate a little bit now based on what we've just said but i don't know would it be cool just to have you know the reveal to be something incredibly obvious you know like missy come back or someone i don't know it could just it could be cool i guess See, I, th- I think with I think with what you're saying, Gary, I mean, it's actually it's actually really interesting because you know how many times has the master come back? Um, you know, if you think about all the different iterations, yeah. Thanks, Anthony. Thanks, Anthony. Um, oh, that is spooky! Stop that! Stop that! That's that's kind of creeping me out now. As you were, but As yeah, you were. I mean. If you think about it, I mean, how many times has the Master come back? I mean, I know he's kind of a Moriarty kind of character, so you do have this expectation that he comes back. But there is a little bit of excitement when you kind of know he's coming back, you know. There is. Um, And 
Um, I mean, obviously, the biggest surprise was kind of when we had Missy, to be fair. Um, I mean, I don't think anyone was kind of, I mean, it was probably obvious when you think about the name, but, you know, that that was probably one of the biggest surprises that it actually worked. And um, but, yeah, I'm, I mean, you know, the, the master has has to kind of counterbalance the doctor, but there's always an element of surprise when he comes back and a bit of excitement, you know. I mean, if you said to me the master was coming back next next season, I, I wouldn't necessarily say yeah. I'm not excited a little bit. Yeah, same. Yeah, like if they uh, – I, I feel like in Doctor Who nowadays, they reserve, um, you know – I guess you could call them tentpole characters. The people like, uh, obviously, the Doctor, but um, uh, the Master, um, you know, various Time Lords, whatever. I feel like those guys, we don't really hear much of them in the run-up to anything anymore. It feels like um, it feels like they always get thrown in the let's let's bring them back with a surprise kind of uh, of narrative. There, we never really get the. Um, the announcement before because you know back in the like in early doctor who it was like you know this character is going to come back as or always going to be playing the master or this character is going to be playing omegs or whatever but now it's like you have to wait until you know a, a big cliffhanger and you know this the veil of secrecy is then lifted you know so i feel like if the master was to come back if this character that, that abandoned ruby is the rani or someone else like that we wouldn't know about it, I don't think. They would reserve that for a bigger, a big reveal and cliffhanger, just to get you know fandom, fandom talking the next day. <laughs> yeah, Delgado's master. Just hear that laugh off in the distance. Yeah. Don't go. Yeah, that was absolutely die in just a few seconds. Ago. Yeah, I was cracking up as well. I had to mute the old. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I saw Harry just fall about and then he went off his, his camera off his, <laughs> he's cracking oh, up I, I, I need to not think about it too much it was, it was too funny uh, I think Jordan's still with us but he's turned his camera off uh, listener if you if you feel like hold on a minute it sounds like three people instead of four I think Jordan's Wi-Fi is just uh, kicking his ass a little bit tonight so he might pop back up he might not I don't know but it's a fascinating thing right guys it's like when you start to dive into the possibilities like it could be this could be that whatever um it, it's fascinating but also it's uh one you one would say it's a lovely problem or a lovely thing to have but can you imagine russell and the other writers in a room and they're all just throwing these ideas like what about you know why don't we do it with this character and then they're like no because you know back in season whatever on this episode you know somebody sat down on a chair you know, and that chair no longer exists in canon. So we can't have that character back because then we'd have to go back and explain why the chair's there. And we can't do... So it must be a minefield of like, you know... Yeah, that, that's the thing now. I, I suppose with so much history now, it's it's really hard to kind of keep on top of um, what, you know, the the continuity and, you know, making sure that, there are certain things that obviously you don't, you can't, maybe can't touch because of things you've done in the past with it. So um, I, I think Russell is probably doing the right thing by, you know, introducing new characters if that's what he's going to do. I mean, that's probably the way to go forward because it really is a minefield if you start looking at, you know, classic characters or 
not so much with classic monsters, I think, but with classic characters, you know, if, you know, the fans, the fans are being uproar if, um, you know, if there's any disturbance to the, the story and the canon. I mean, look what happened with all the unit dating. Everyone's kind of up in arms because, you know, unit is meant to be set in the future and there's all these problems with the dating and, you know, and people like things to make sense. So mm-hmm. yeah, um, it makes sense. It, it makes sense not to kind of touch, um, not to, not to mess too much with the classic, classic characters, but if you're bringing them back, you have to kind of do it carefully. But yeah, if it's the Rani, um, <laughs> you know, that's coming back, um, I'll welcome it, you know, um, it's I'm not sure. About- I'm telling you. It's, it's <laughs> that's time Lord. Jesus. Um, yeah, there is, there is something about the way that that, that character kind of, um, encourages ruby to go into the box i mean there is something about that you know so you you know it could just be a little tease you know for the audience you know it could be like oh look what look what it could be you know and then it turns out to be something completely different so if it's a time lord you know well done harry for kind of working it out i mean yeah it's a really out there guess i know it's uh you know it's uh... (laughs) a It's revolutionary, is what it is. Revolution, yes. Yeah, absolutely. It's the reign of terror. Revolutionary. Oh. I don't even know what I'm saying anymore. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that's okay. So Jordan, what did Jordan say? I can't remember. What did Jordan just say? Um, he thought it. Could- Jordan said, "Yeah, people, people would be up. It would be an uproar if it was uh, if Omega was a woman. Other oh, woman. I didn't mean that bit. I mean, what did what was his theory on who? abandoned ruby can't remember what he said oh my short-term memory loss is terrible i yeah. think he said um that it was omega oh that, or if it was omega it would be cool it'd be cool yes and it yeah. would be cool yeah especially okay. if omega was a woman and if people have a problem with that then well, just ignore them yeah <laughs> of course as usual yeah as you were uh just before we close out the episode guys just want to get your quick thoughts on this thing because it's been uh it was it wasn't a big thing when this was announced and it's not a big thing but it is kind of interesting because a lot of people thought this was is this a reboot of doctor who is this a soft reboot of doctor who is this a you know why are they doing this but i just want to address and get your thoughts very quickly on the resetting of the series slash season numbers as we go into this year and on what you on what you think of that because we're going back to season one and it it does feel kind of weird to me in a little way because we are not we, we we're not rebooting the show at all this is absolutely a a, a a continuation of everything if it's obviously a new era it's it's a new it's a new day it's a new light it's a new whatever for me but it doesn't feel like um it's worthy of like a numbered reset in terms of the series and seasons and stuff, because, uh, um, I don't know, is 14 seasons a lot for a TV show? I mean, I, I don't know, but what do you think guys to resetting this back? So when shoot his first proper series lands in May, that will be packaged up as season one. I mean, yeah. 26 seasons seems like a lot doesn't it <laughs> and they kept on going until then and hmm. so you'd think that it'd be okay to carry on with the number system but um yeah i'm in two minds about it personally i, I think that it's cool uh, that you know we're sort of starting afresh and 
like you know it's all that's what makes doctor who fun isn't it it's like a different show every few years that's kind of cool and yeah i think from a disney plus point of view it makes sense to start from season one because i putting myself in the mind of like let's say someone in america going through disney plus and like spotting doctor who and thinking oh i might watch that i'd be immediately turned off when i when i see oh season 14 oh well <laughs> not gonna bother um it's almost like i know that when they put lucifer on netflix um like when netflix like bought the rights to it after it was cancelled they started from season four and i knew that if i hadn't had already been watching lucifer i wouldn't have started from the fourth season that just wouldn't have made any sense whereas if it says season one it's like okay i can definitely jump on with this one but Hmm. on the flip side of that i'm still going to think of it as season 14 and no amount of publicity um and like russell calling it season one is gonna make me calling it season one feel like natural because to me it just feels like season 14 of like the new series that i've been watching since 2005 when i first started watching doctor who um so it's yeah i've not really fully bought into the idea yet if i'm honest and i don't feel like enough time has really passed like at least with with um like christopher eccleston his season being season one you had like all that time since 1989 when the show was first put off the air whereas now we've only had like a couple of years and even then we've just had a few specials so yeah it's a questionable decision i suppose Mm. um yeah so yeah i I, i'm gonna need some warm into it i think um okay yeah because it will be effectively uh if you say to somebody what are your thoughts on season one the reply is ultimately and expectedly going to be well what season one are you referring to because yeah. this is now the third no it's the second second time round so if you're you know what, what do you reckon on season one it's like well yeah Hartnell's pretty sweet yeah quite like some of those old black and white ones actually very cool no proper Doctor Who you know the new stuff the good stuff what do you think to that one? Oh, you mean that one okay so you know not that that's a biggie but Maria what do you uh what do you think to this travesty in the making? Um, okay, well, initially I, I did kind of think, oh, you know, why are they doing this? It's, it's really confusing. Um, and I, I still have those concerns. I, I suppose from a commercial point of view, and because obviously Disney are on board now, you know, it makes sense for their audience. As Harry says, it's kind of, um, introducing, it's the opportunity to introduce a new audience to the show. So starting out with season one and then season two and continuing makes sense. But from a fan's point of view, you know, you, I mean, you could go the other way and say, you know, we're actually going to be going to season 40, if you think about it, because, you know, realistically, because we're continuing the story and there's, there's been no real break. There's no, it's not like, um, Star Trek next generation or deep space nine, which were kind of standalone series, um, you know, that you could, you could go into, you, you still had the original series of Star Trek that you could go and explore. It's, it's a continuation of the same series. So, yeah, I mean, it is going to be confusing. I mean, in, in my mind, um, much like Harry says and yourself, it, it's it's um, 
Series 14, really. Um, I think it will get confusing when it comes to when they actually, um, you know, start selling the merchandise because, you know, if you're looking at Season 1 and Season 2, unless you've got Shooty's face on it, I suppose, you know, people won't know that it's... Um, do you know what I'm trying to say? It's going to be confusing yeah, yeah. merchandise-wise. And, um, you know, that that's the thing. I mean, I, I think to myself, I think it will cause some confusion, but it's not it's not aimed at me. You know, I know, I know where we are within within the Doctor Who story. I mean, I would have preferred it, actually, if they rather than number it as season one and season two, maybe if they just called it, I don't know, Doctor Who, the next chapter, maybe. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, or just, you know, named it something, di- maybe had Doctor Who and then just called it something. Mm-hmm. If you're going to kind of introduce it to a new audience, you know, maybe maybe call it something rather than number it differently. Um, yeah, because I think, I think people are used to the series. Um, so now having seasons, um, I think, will we'll cause some confusion, you know, especially if somebody wants to go back and... I suppose, explore the series, uh, explore the show, you know, do they know that they have to, you know, go back to series one or do yeah, they just, I mean, you know, it's, it's a bit of a strange one. I, I, I mean, I, I think Russell's hand has probably been kind of pushed a little bit with this and to have to kind of refer to it as that. Um, yeah. I think it's also, I um, I, I, I read somewhere or I saw somewhere that it's probably linked to Doctor Who now appearing on streaming services in the US. Because I think unless you were watching a a specific channel over in North America that played reruns of Doctor Who, um, they weren't always guaranteed to be played in any sort of order. So now that for the first time you have access to all of Doctor Who, actually, are they doing it? Because it's on Disney Plus, right, in North America. Do you guys know? Are they putting the back catalogue on there as well, or is it just the new stuff? Or is the back? I don't think they're putting any old episodes on. It's I just the new stuff. Just... Yeah. Yeah. So that makes even more sense then. So if you've got um, this show appearing on your streaming service, even if you've heard of it before, but you, it just says Doctor Who, and this is like episode one or the Christmas special, or you know, episode one, and it's brand new never been on any streaming services it i guess it would be weird to say there's a brand new sci-fi show just landed on disney plus check it out season 14 episode yeah. one you know that yeah. that sounds a bit like well th- that might it it sounds weird to us but if you're a brand new viewer to the show especially in north america you might think well actually i don't want to dive in at season 14 what have I missed in the past 14 seasons that I need to go back and somehow check out? Do you know what I mean? It, it might be that it, we know that ratings is everything, right? It's, it's a numbers game TV. So maybe they don't want to put people off by saying this is season 14 of a show you've never heard of. And people are thinking, well, do I want to jump in this late? It's a bit like jumping in at the end of the X-Files or the end of Lost or the end of 24, and it's like, I don't know. People have been talking about these amazing shows for years. I probably can't really dive in at this point now. I have to go back and check it out, and so people are like, yeah. So if they do it as season one, that's more of a come and check out this quote-unquote new show that's landed on 
And if you want to go and check out previous versions of it, you can go and source that out as how you want to, I guess. But it's a bit of a weird one because I, I, I mean, there's no, there's no real break between, um, you know, what's happened in say for for Doctor Thirteen going into fourteen. There's no, there's no real break. I mean, as Harry says, if there'd been like a five year break, I could understand why they'd want to kind of renumber it. But there's not been that long a gap so i think it i think it might it might get a bit confusing but as you say it's not it's not for uk fans necessarily it's for the a different market so mm. and i guess i suppose you know if you think about it we've actually had um we're going to be sort of coming up to 20 years since the revive series so you know which is quite a long chunk of time um, you know, to think about it's actually it's actually scary to think about it. Really, you know that twenty years have passed since the series came back on our screen. So I, I guess it makes sense. Um, I, I I I wonder what they'll do with the packaging though for the UK market. I suppose they'll still refer to it as season one and season two for mm-hmm. Shooty's um, Doctor. Okay. Yeah, I would have thought so. Yeah, because that will just create even more weirdness. You know, if they start designing packages per per region or or per country, you know that's just going to create even more, yeah, even more weirdness. You know, um, so I think yeah, it's going to be a season one for everybody, us included, and I think it's more to cater for. It's now just gone because Doctor Who has always been international, but now it's gone like mainstream international. If that makes sense, now it's on one of the big the big services. So yeah so anyway interesting so i don't it sounds like you guys are not hating the idea and you're not really over the moon either it's just a yeah yeah we understand yeah well you know we we you know as a doctor who fan you kind of normally when there's a change you're kind of initially outraged you're thinking why are they doing this why are they changing my (laughs) doctor who and then you have to kind of sit back and kind of think it out logically so you know when i'm using my logical head um you know i can understand it i think i think emotionally i still think (laughs) i I still think it's series 14 if i'm honest you know there's no real difference for me so um you know in my head it'll always be that but yeah in 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 the sense of the packaging and everything else I, i you know i'll take it as they as they, as they, as they, as it comes, really. I guess I'm just going to have to make more space on the bookshelf, and that's the issue for me because I'm running out of space with everything. Yep. But um, common yeah. problem, common problem. <laughs> yeah, can relate. Yeah, absolutely. Defo. Yeah. In fact, last weekend I was sorting out my bookshelf in the in the living room. It's got all the DVDs and all the Doctor Who stuff, basically. And I thought this is not good because if I don't clear some space out. There's just going to be chaos, in, and my wife won't have that. She'll be like, uh, "No, this needs to be on the shelf, Mister, or it's going in the bin." <laughs> and I'm not lying. So, oh, uh, yeah. I must, I must admit, I, even though I've kind of forayed now into Blu-rays, I still haven't watched all of the twentieth 
season yet of the Blu-ray that I bought. So I, I need to actually go and do that before I buy any more Blu-rays because if I, if I start investing <laughs> in the Blu-rays as well as the normal DVDs, uh, you know, I'll go all in and then I will definitely have to buy at least a few more bookshelves. But I don't know where I'm going to put them. <laughs> if it makes you feel any better, Maria, my life feels at times like an uphill battle of buying new Doctor Who Blu-rays or DVDs and not ever kind of getting around to watching them. And then when I do watch them, I end up buying them, buying more and then the back catalogue just increases because I think, oh, I can't just dip into season 17. I'm only on season five in my marathon. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's those sort of mm-hmm. Do- Doctor Who fan troubles that we that we all face, I suppose. Yeah, the struggle is real, listener. Absolutely. Yes. Okay. I think we have, uh, we haven't got Jordan back, by the way. He has admitted defeat in the face of of poor Wi-Fi and has gone off to make a cup of tea, probably, or have a large glass of, uh, what does Jordan normally drink? Is it gin? Gin and something, or is it is it gin? Gin, I think. Yeah. 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 Gin and tonic? Go and have a G&T, Jordan. Go and, go and chill out. It's all good. So, I think we've waffled on there for long enough. It was fascinating to get your thoughts, though, guys on the issues i say the issues the subjects at hand uh, to get your thoughts on that and i think let's wrap it there guys for the february roundtable Thank you, thank you, thank you for listening to another month of the Big Blue Box Roundtable. That was us talking about the big stuff, the important things <laughs> in the world of Doctor Who that need to be discussed. Okay, no, we're not disgusted at it. It just needs to be discussed, of course. Uh, Jordan's not here. I'm He's terribly not... disgusted. How dare they go <laughs> <in> season one? <laughs> Ridiculous. Everything <laughs> that these guys just said was a lie. They're crying inside at the thought of season one. But uh, yeah, Jordan's not going to say goodbye because he's not here. But uh, Harry, thank you very much, dude, for your uh, your your insights as usual. Thank you very much. Thank you, Gary. Thank you very much. And thank you for your insights. You're, you're, you were great as usual. Oh, as well. thank you. As, thank you. And Maria, thank you for your lovely thoughts and your, your huge brain where it concerns Doctor Who. Thank you. <laughs> Yeah, there's still a few bits of knowledge um, stuck in my brain, but thanks very much, Gary. It's been a pleasure. Cool, cool. So we will be back next month for the March Roundtable. We'll see which uh, which volunteers from the writing team uh, join us for that chat. Who knows what news will be kicking around from Doctor Who. Hopefully there'll be something of note to talk about. Hopefully an announcement, a bit of a casting update a production update, a launch of something, who knows, but uh, hopefully we'll have something. If not, we'll just chat about whatever we want. Of course, this is our bag, this is our thing, the round table. So uh, just very briefly, once again, make sure you're following or subscribing in your podcast app of choice. We put a new round table out every month, plus the weekly eps. So until next month, my name's Gary. My name's Ari. <laughs> my name's Maria. And remember, eh- uh, eh-